Hi, I'm Bree. I Do McGrew is your source for real-life wedding tips, inspiration, and insider knowledge. Wes and I are a married couple that have been photographing weddings for over five years, and together we photograph nearly 100 weddings in the Virginia area. And I'm Wes. We'll draw on our experience and connect with top wedding professionals to provide insight into planning and enjoying your wedding day. We'll also interview real couples to find out how the decisions they made played out on their big day. It's our mission to provide the insight and knowledge you need to navigate the exciting, complex, emotional, and fun roller coaster ride that is the wedding planning process. And just remember, it's your wedding, and there are no, no rules. rules. So let's explore the possibilities. Hello, hello. Welcome to the I Do McGrew podcast. It is happening. Here we are. I'm Wes. Got Bree over here. It's me. We got microphones. We got a computer. I think it's. I think everything's. Uh, lined up yeah and this one was a really exciting one because it was actually our first interview that we ever did that's right it was the inaugural interview inaugural it's a mouthful i get it it was the first interview yes and i was definitely nervous um which is okay i just i think nerves come the first time you do anything it's natural um shook them out now we're used to it i had to edit all that teeth chattering out but after that it was no problem yeah (laughs) no i'm just kidding uh we sat down with kate uh, actually over the phone and Kate didn't make us feel nervous at all. She has just spilling great information for everybody. Um, no, in fact, one of the biggest takeaways, I think, was that we definitely need to have her back on because she had so much information to share. We all could have chatted for hours. Yeah, I think we settled into the interview as we went on to. And um, there's a lot of strong information um, towards the end. And I think the flow gets better. So, you know, as we do more of these interviews, we're just going to keep improving. And, you know, it's only up from here. As they that's say. right. That's sky's the limit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a little bit about Kate before we jump into the interview, um, prior to founding Glint Events, Kate spent time planning and executing events with a national corporation. And after obtaining her master's degree in marketing and business, she threw herself into creating what has now grown to become one of the top wedding and event planning companies in central Virginia. So Kate also serves um, the D.C., Northern Virginia, Charlottesville regions, as well as the Richmond and Central Virginia Virginia area. She's been planning professionally for 14 years, and she's been planning professionally in the wedding world for about nine years. Pretty good resume. Yes, lots of experience that she brought to the table for the I Do McGrew podcast. Thanks, Kate. Yeah, so let's go over a couple of things that she's going to cover in this interview. Um, We started off by asking, you know, uh, who needs a wedding planner? So if you are a engaged someone uh, looking at starting to plan a wedding, um, we talk about like what type of people should be looking for a wedding planner. And it might surprise you. It's not just the unorganized spazzes out there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's actually pretty much anybody can benefit. Um, you know, I'm speaking from uh, experience as being a spaz, I guess. Um, yeah, you're allowed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I identify as a spaz. Um, planning and coordinating, uh, there's differences between those two services. There's also differences between a venue coordinator that might come with your venue and a planner or a coordinator that you might hire uh, from someone like Glenn. Yeah, and that's something Wes and I get asked about a lot. You know, what's the difference between my venue coordinator and hiring a wedding planner so i'm really glad that was something that came up and we talked about with kate here yep she's got the answers um we also get into costs a little bit you know geez when the dust settles and you actually start looking at planning a wedding one of the first things that's going to hit you in the face is the dollar signs right um and a planner can actually help with that and might actually be able to save you money yeah and kate um She also went into the different levels of service that a planner can provide, and she illuminated the difference between planning and coordination, which now makes total sense to me that there's a difference between planning and coordination. But um, until we sat down with her, I would not have been able to tell you if I was looking at two different planners um, 
services that they offered, what that would be. Yeah. So, um, uh, we really hope you guys enjoyed this conversation with Kate from Glint Events. Yeah, we had a great time, so we hope you enjoy listening to it too. Thanks. Okay, well, hey, Kate. Um, welcome on. Hey. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to chat with you today. Um, we've enjoyed working with you before in the past, so we're excited to get into this. So um, I guess we kind of just wanted to start by asking you, who is the type of couple that you think really needs a wedding planner or would benefit the most from having a wedding planner? Yeah. I mean, we, over the years of doing this, I think we kind of see some trends in terms of what couples come to us. And when we start talking to them, it's like, oh yeah, like you need this. Um, there are a couple, like there are a couple things that, that tell us that it's, it's a fit and that it's a, that they need a wedding planner. I think one of them is when couples have really busy schedules. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. on top of like family and life and hobbies and all the things like work takes up a big chunk of everyone's time. And I think when couples have got really busy schedules, they don't have time to like make the phone calls during the day and like weigh all the options. And I mean, it's just very time consuming. So I think first of all, it's like couples need to look and see how much time they have to put towards this. Um, I think distance is another factor in this. So a lot of couples are, you know, they're from here, but, you know, they've moved on to other areas and it's nice for them to have feet on the ground locally if they don't have family who's gung-ho about planning the wedding for them. Um, But really, I mean, the common theme we see across all of our couples is surprisingly, they're all very like type A, organized, very detail-oriented. And I I think that seems counterintuitive that someone who's, you know, got it all together would want to hire someone who's got a ton of experience at it. But really, it, I think it gives them peace of mind that they've got someone else who's type A and in control and has all the experience. um, They can actually like enjoy the process. But I would say those are kind of the things we see um, across the board with, with couples who definitely need a planner. That is so interesting. The last part that you said about being type A, that's definitely, I agree, a little counterintuitive and not something that I would have like assumed, but also totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while we have, I mean, we have definitely a few couples that are like, we're just laid back. This isn't our thing. Like, and I think it's more about the expectations from family and people around them that they should have this like well-planned wedding and they don't really have an interest in it. Um, but I think definitely for us, and I'm sure different planners attract different couples. We, and you all know this, you've worked with us with a lot of our, our couples before we our our, our brides and grooms are pretty on top of their stuff and, um, kind of hold us, hold us to getting all the things done for them for sure. Yeah. I could see if you had that type of personality where you like to take things on and, you know, maybe you're very type A yourself. Um, you could quickly find yourself being overwhelmed you know, by not delegating at all and, uh, end up even almost resenting the planning process and not being as excited for your own wedding. Yeah. If you're already detail oriented, it might be helpful to pass off some of those minor, like extra details to your planner. Yeah. And I've said this a million times. If you know me, you've probably heard me say this before. Like I am not one to say that wedding planning is rocket science. Like what we do, it's just, it's project management and just being organized and knowing what needs to be done and how to get it done like efficiently and in a smart way. And so, I mean, I think there are plenty of couples who, if they didn't have their full-time job and family and hobbies and friends and a life, 
and they could dedicate their time to this, they would love it and it would be fun. But when it comes down to it, the number of hours that goes into this are just insane. And the number of options available, like if you, I mean, you guys know, you sit down and Google wedding photographer and how many options show up and like, how nice is it when, you know, you want, when you are type A and you want the right fit and the right vendor to be able to have someone else tell you who that right fit is rather than sift through the 50 search results that came up and all of their reviews and all that stuff. It's just exhausting. So for that type A couple, you know, um, I mean, do you see that some of them have trouble maybe like giving up the reins, like making that decision to sort of relinquish some of that control? And then like if if they are maybe come to terms with that, like I, I would think from working with planners in the past, like the couple still are ultimately in, in control, right? Yeah. I mean, everything we do is about them. And like, we, we're not here to just like, you know, like, here's our proven process and we're going to do steps one through 10 and then you're done. Like it is totally customized. Like a good planner is going to want to get to know the couple really well and then personalize the experience along the way. And that's why it's important to meet with your potential planner and, and so they can get a feel for how much you want to handle yourself and yeah. how much you want to hand off. And I mean, it seems like that you and other planners, right, would offer a lot of different levels of, of service to accommodate uh, that. Yeah. And I think just being able to adapt to what they need is key. But I mean, there are a lot of couples who, you know, they do want to like they have an idea in their head of what the process should look like and it might not align with what our process looks like and it's just our job to try to help them like feel comfortable with us and to be able to kind of like not really take a step back but just like trust us like trust and communication are the two huge things and if they can trust that we've got their best interest in hand and that they're not you know just a number in in the the wedding season and that they they get that we get them like once that happens then I think they take a step back and I mean it's been rare that we've ever had someone who just can't let go that can't step back and trust us so it's a lot of work but once you get there then it's like wedding planning magic and we get into a little groove where it's just perfect yeah well something that kind of blends in with this that I've always wondered is like how much do you help couples find their vendors? Is it, you know, you're really listening to them and you're taking in what they have to say and just giving them suggestions in the local area that you've worked with before? Or sometimes are you taking on like full responsibility and finding the entire vendor list for them? I mean, how much do you guys typically play a role in that? Yeah. So I know my answer might be different than what some other planners say. It's everybody works in a different way. So that is a good question to ask when couples are thinking about working with a planner. For us, we are almost like concierge level, like wanting to be involved. And so we really, again, we want to know what they're looking for, what their personalities are, style, all that. But like we will do the research and find all the great options that are a good fit for them um, and then let them choose who they want. So like photography, because it comes top of mind while talking to you, <laughs> like it's more than just the photos that you're going to end up with. And like, yes, that's the thing that is lasting through, you know, years and years and years. That's the thing that you're, you're left with um, after the event is done, but you know, it's personality. It's what are the extra things that are included? Like, are they going to do an engagement session? Is there an album? Like we know all that stuff. We know their personalities. We've worked with them firsthand and seen what kind of like couple that vendor works well with. And so like, it, it helps because we're able to be involved and help like 
get that like matchmake. It's like we're matchmakers. It's it's a custom vendor like provided for you. And I think other planners work in different ways. Like some kind of um, are all about like, you know, they've got a solid team that they work with at a lot of different events and they're pros to that where, you know, it's tried and true and you know that those vendors are going to do a good job. So you kind of trust that planner based on their relationships. Um, I know some, you can have kind of a lighter version of planning where they will maybe give you some suggestions and then you kind of do the legwork in terms of figuring out if they're available and meeting with them and the right fit. But just having that guidance, I mean, it's invaluable and so time, time saving for sure. Yeah. It sounds like a huge benefit for a planner to me. I mean, essentially you're staking your reputation on the vendors you recommend. So you're not going to... you know suggest a couple go with a vendor that you haven't vetted and and trust and um seeing how they work with couples versus if you're a couple on your own just trying to cold call people and try and see through what's marketing what's how they really are i mean Mm -hmm. um, i mean wes and i tell our couples that all the time that one of the biggest tips we could give any couple getting married would be to find vendors that you like because i mean we say it all the time like i'm with you from before you get into your wedding dress until you know, you get in that car and go home in the evening. I'm pretty much right up next to you because I'm taking your picture all day. So um, it's really, really key to make sure we get along and that we like each other so that you can have good vibes your whole wedding day. So it's important to have a planner that can also direct you towards that. Like you said, yeah. I like the whole fact that you said you're kind of like a matchmaker. Yes. Yeah. We we want the couples to have like the best team of vendors or creative partners for them. It's definitely like not about us. And even if that means working with someone that we haven't worked with before or um, that's newer like we like I said we're not the planners that want to like have just our core core team of people that we use every time like it makes us better and us more like well like far-reaching within the industry to yeah, know versatile. everybody yeah. yeah yeah and there's always that learning curve like you have your first wedding with people all the time and you figure it out and then you can kind of recommend them again so yeah it works out well so that's obviously a service um that a day of coordinator wouldn't provide, right? Um, I know one of the questions we hear a lot from brides, and I'm sure you're sick of answering it though, is like, what does a day of coordinator do? What's the difference? Why can't I just work with them? Why do I need a planner as well? I think also by, just to clarify too, I feel like by day of, Wes also kind of means like that venue coordinator, the person that sometimes comes with the venue. Correct. Um, we, yeah. we at least are asked that all the time. Well, what is the difference between a venue coordinator? If my venue comes with one, why do I need a wedding planner? And we apologize in advance for making you answer this for the thousandth time. No, I love answering it because I don't think people really understand right. and it's confusing because I think when you go and tour a venue and they're like, oh, by the way, like you get a day of coordinator, or you get, you know, an assistant the day of, like, that's a great selling point. And you're, you know, that venue is your first thing you've got to check off the box when you start planning. So it kind of feels like you're, um, what is it, like two birds with one stone yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> no, that <laughs> works. Yeah. Um, but I think once you really get into it, people start to realize what that role really is. And so in my opinion, the, the venue coordinator, the day of coordinator, the assistant, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, they are definitely there to make sure that you're happy and you have what you need. They're happy to like greet vendors upon arrival, but like their, their paycheck is coming from the venue. Mm -hmm. And you know, if there are things happening, like there are so many things happening their priority is going to be making sure that the venue and if the food and beverage is part of the venue, that all of that is well running before they handle a 
you know, a wedding party shuttle that's got a flat tire on the side of the road or that the cake delivery is running behind or whatever the, the, the fire might be that needs to be put out there, they work for the venue. And so at the end of the day, they're going to be looking out for those things uh, more than others. Um, and there are great venue coordinators out there, but they're, they're just kind of looking at a very narrow lens of, of what needs to happen that day and not really the big picture. When I hear day of coordinator, I think of um, like a, a lighter level of service from a planner. So a lot of planners will offer offer full service planning, like a, a medium level, like a partial or like just focusing on design or something. And then you have your day of, month of, 90 day. They're all the same thing. I get, actually get a lot of questions about what's the difference. You know, this planner is offering 90 day, but you're offering, you just call it coordination. And so I think there's a lot of confusion about the difference between that too. Um, ultimately it's like, there's two different parts of planning and coordinating the wedding and it's planning and coordinating. Planning is getting all the things done. You know, it's like when you log into the knot or wedding wire or whatever, and you've got your little checklist of all the things you need to do, that's planning. And then when you get to the final parts of confirming details with vendors, making sure floor plans and timelines are all together. And then everything that happens the days leading up to the wedding, the night before, and then the wedding day someone covering all of that is coordination. And so a day of month of is usually part of a bigger service. And there's different pros and cons that come to those different levels of service that come with those different levels of service. Too. That was an awesome breakdown because um, even though I've been in the wedding world now for five years and married myself, I definitely have never really um, had a full grasp on the difference of the level of packages that wedding planners provide. When I'm at a wedding working with them, I can tell which ones kind of had full planning versus coordination, but mm-hmm. I never knew past that what really that entails. But um, I think, I guess how I'm kind of reading into that is, so like wedding planning is sort of more like from the very beginning, taking the bride from the beginning planning stages, like helping them find vendors and venue and picking out color schemes and tablescapes and stuff and coordination, um, you know, any wedding planner could label it something different because people like to have different package um, packages that they offer. But coordination is basically the fine tuning of like the the last two to three months, what has to go on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like to your point, I would agree with that. You can definitely tell the difference because we, we do coordination. We've started shifting it to just doing it at venues where, you know, food and beverage is in-house, it's indoors, it's a little bit easier. It's really hard for us to step in in the final 90 days for a wedding that's in a giant tent in the middle of a field with generators and water hookups and restroom trailers. Um, but yeah, you can you can tell the difference. There are just so many things that you've planned throughout the whole process that even if we, you know, we've been doing this for almost nine years, if we ask all the questions and think through all the things, there's always going to be something that, that you might miss. And it's usually little, but it's just when you have a planner involved earlier in the process, even if it's like a partial planning where we step in once you've kind of booked your big vendors, but you really want more help with the design and things like that. Like we get to know you better. We can ask more questions. We're interacting. We're a part of the process and Mm -hmm. we just know we just know all the things we can do all the thinking for you, which is nice. Yeah, no, I mean, to that effect, I totally agree. It, it kind of relates a little bit to like when we do engagement sessions and we really get to know our couples before the wedding day, when it's actually the wedding day, I feel like I can sort of anticipate some more needs because I've gotten to know them. Um, mm-hmm. and that does help with decision-making, but, um, sorry, jumping around like a little bit here. Cause I feel like you've yeah. just, you've brought up like so many good points. So 
um, yes, Wes and I definitely agree. And we tell, we kind of educate our couples on like the same things about as far as going back to the original question, the difference between a wedding planner and a venue coordinator. But then when you were also listing off, you know, your at Glint Events, your wedding planning packages, um, you know, we have actually worked with you on a wedding before here in Richmond that you guys did provide, you know, I believe just more of the day of services. Um, and mm-hmm. I think some couples out there might question, well, then what's the difference between a day of wedding planner and a venue coordinator if they're both just, you know, looking at just day of, but that wedding in particular that we helped you with, or that we were working with on, with you guys on, um, had a lot of travel in it. So you guys were with us from, you know, getting ready in the hotel room, making sure that buses were arriving to pick us up from the hotel, to take us over to the ceremony, that ceremony was running on time after ceremony, rushing over to the reception hall to make sure that was getting set up. Whereas the venue coordinator, you know, we didn't see them until we got there for cocktail hour at 5 PM. Um, and you guys yeah. have been with us since, you know, 10 AM that day. So there's a big difference right there too. Yeah. I think if you've got things spread out and you're not at like a all inclusive, get ready in one place, you know, the ceremonies there, everything's there. It, it helps. I don't want to be all salesy, but like we've just done this so many times. It's hundreds of times. And there's a certain type of wedding that you just, you can't manage it on your own that day. And you don't even want to give that role to like a parent or a wedding party member or sibling because that day is so important. It's such a big day. It's such a huge moment. Like it's the biggest commitment you'll ever make in your life. And if you think you're going to take a call from the trolley driver because he's in the wrong spot to pick you up, like on your wedding day, it just, it takes away from like what that is and what you're focused on. You want to basically, I mean, I would totally agree that if it's your wedding day, you want to remove any sort of obstacle that's going to keep you from living in the moment, right? Because that's yeah. a big day. And um, and to extend on that, like you said, well, you don't want to ruin it for your mom or whoever either when they're stuck, you know, dealing with these phone calls or last minute uh, adjustments or yeah. people being late. You want her helping you get into your dress and, you know, feeling feeling all the feels that you want to feel on that wedding day. Not to mention at the end of the night when everyone's excited and been drinking and wants to go home and continue the celebration and someone has to stay and clean up, right? That's a big part of day of coordination, I would think, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to those weddings, like, for cousins and things like that where – and of course, I don't mind doing it. I'm always the one that's, you know, there at the end after a few cocktails trying to pack up my cousin's, you know, decor and things. But no no one really wants to do that. I'm a, I'm a rare person that would want to do that. But it's not when, you know, you leave on a high note and you go off into the sunset and you're married and your family's not back there trying to pick things up and pack it all up. And we usually have a plan ahead of time so that, you know, that happens really quickly and easily. Yeah, it should be all you want to leave on a high note. I feel like a lot of times in the beginning of planning, um, I feel like it's easy at the beginning, a year out to say like, oh my gosh, like my mom's going to take care of that. Like it's no big deal. And I feel like then the brides, um, you kind of go through a mental shift. I mean, I can say it because I went through the same mental shift when I was a bride. Um, it gets, you know, it gets to that one month out phase and you're like, oh my gosh, now it's more real and it's here. And I can already tell how stressed I already am. I'm going to be really stressed on that day. Like, and I don't, my mom obviously isn't understanding my vision for this. Like I just want her to be able to relax now because she's already getting on my last nerve. I need her to not be my planner now. (laughs) So do you guys get people reaching out to you more like last minute? Um, And by last minute, I just mean those final two, three months. Do you notice um, that a lot you hear from a lot more brides or couples then? 
Yeah, I would say usually around like three or four months is when we start to hear from people where it's like, we've done all the planning. Like they want to be very clear. Like we are organized, we've done it all, but I am done and ready to like pass this off. Yes, I could totally see that. Yeah, like it's just, it's it's a lot. I don't think people realize, I, I need to look it up, but there's something, it's like 300 or 400 and some hours for like the modern day couple to plan their wedding and let that sink in for a second yeah like i don't know if you do the math like how many weeks are there in the year and how many hours is that a week that you're then putting towards planning um but if you've done it yourself like you will hit a wall where you are done and it's more than just the number of tasks and the number of options and the information overload and decision overload it's just emotional like you yeah. go from like you're in love with this person you found your person You've made this declaration that you want to spend the rest of your life with them. And you quickly shift into like project managing this major event with so many decisions and so many people like weighing in. It's like hard financial conversations. And it's like, how did we go from like being in love and like, you know, having Cupid's arrows shot at us with like goo goo eyes at each other to like this major project and event to plan. And it's, there's just so many things that like, again, there's not the not checklist doesn't tell you how to deal with like parents trying to tell you to do one thing and how much your wedding's actually going to cost and like just balancing all of that among life happening at the same time. It's just, it's a lot. And so you can do the math on how labor intensive this is, but there's no math to tell you like how exhausting it's going to be. So it's just nice to have a planner step in and we just take a lot of that work off your plate. And you can use us as a, what is it? You can throw us under the bus if you yeah. need to. Like, well, we talked to our planner and they said that's not a good idea. That's true. Um, that's have true. A, have a yeah. bad guy to blame. It, it's like, yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, our planner said that we should have a seated dinner and that stations aren't going to, aren't going to work for us. So, um, you know, thanks. Great idea, grandma. But this is, <laughs> this is what our planner says we need to do. A neutral party. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things you touched on there very briefly was cost. And I would think a lot of people at the beginning when they're first reaching out to vendors that, you know, where can we cut costs? And maybe they don't think they need a planner. But I would think like with what you just said, you could probably actually help people stick to a budget versus if they're doing mm -hmm. things themselves. Again, they're not maybe able to fight off requests from other family members and other people who have feelings about how this wedding should be run. Um, uh, so is budgeting something that, uh, you know, a wedding planner can really assist with? Yes. And I feel like, you know, if you know, a lot of people don't prioritize a planner early on. Like we know that for most couples, we're optional. Like there are many, many people who have their weddings without a planner and they're fine. Um, but I think that those that need one are in a tough position when they realize it halfway through or later into the planning process, mm -hmm. because it's hard to carve out a big chunk for a planner that late in the game. And so I think if anyone's just like considering it, but not sure and early in the process, it's worth just at least exploring your options. There are tons of great planners in our area and in every market um, that, and there's a wide range of, of prices too. I mean, it all comes with experience and how they structure their team and things like that, that lead to cost. But um, if you can allocate even just a little bit towards that and the beginning of the process, yeah, you can end up having just not just a better experience, but 
just feel more confident in what you're spending and how you're spending it along the way. Um, I love wedding budgeting. I'm full of, I could do a whole I could do a whole interview with you guys on on but on wedding budgets. See, if you had said um, that to me, I would have like hired you on that alone because <laughs> I'm not money minded or money conscious or uh I don't even know. I have basic high school level Excel knowledge. Um I'm just no, I'm not the budget queen here, so I would have loved if someone had told me that. <laughs> no, I'm happy to chat about budgets another time, but I mean the the short version is um, weddings are expensive and there is no secret magical way to have a wedding of a certain size and spend significantly less than what experts or anyone are telling you early on. Like it's just, it's just expensive. And so I think to have someone early on explain to you what those costs are, why they are the way they are, why, you know, why they're going to, why, how they're all impacted and related to each other and then if you're not okay with that number to have someone who knows how to change the plan for the day to get it to where you want it it's much easier early on for me to go you know that's impossible to reach that number if you want to invite 300 people to your wedding right but for every 10 people you take off your list you're going to save $1000 and all of a sudden it's like oh like that's a lot easier than trying to like figure out how you're going to get enough chairs and everything, you know, into this rental order that fits this arbitrary budget number that you've just picked from the middle of nowhere and and put onto an Excel sheet. Right. And, and like at the same time, like you kind of have facts and figures in your head of estimates because you've done this so many times, like a normal couple might not know, okay, if I, you know, could take off these 10 people from my list, how much would that save me? And you would be able to estimate for that for them. And, um, to that extent as well, I was just kind of thinking as you were chatting, as far as working with brides and different budgets, another way a planner could come in and help from the very beginning is just to relate it back to photography, just because that's the world we come from and know is if a couple has, you know, like a different budget, you could suggest photographers in say the two to $3 range, or if they have a larger budget, you could suggest in the five to $6 range, you have a list of vendors that you know are like for each of their pricing budgets. Okay, this is Brie here, just popping in real quick to clarify something. This is slightly embarrassing, but I'll just be totally transparent here. I definitely just said 2 to $3 or 5 to $6, and I definitely meant 2 to 3000 or 5 to 6000 not dollars, just to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, the way we do it, when we, for full service planning and design, um, we just did this last night with a couple, you know, we just go through each category and we kind of talk about it in terms of good, better, best. It's like, if you want someone good, this is about where you'll be. If you want something better, this is what it'll be. And then if you want the best and it's the highest priority for you, it's going to cost this. And so we know those just kind of like in the back of our head from all the years of, of planning this. And so it helps us guide in terms of like, you know, if if the band and food and beverage is what's important, well, let's go better and best in that area. And if, you know, your invitations and, you know, flowers are not a huge priority, then let's just go good. Like good is great. So let's just keep it there. It's just, a, it's a strategy. Cause honestly, if you sit down with your family and try to come up with 
these numbers and get it to a place where everyone's going to agree. Like you're not going to agree. It's just going to be really, really hard. Yeah. And I also feel like there's not a lot of great information out there about what weddings really cost Mm -hmm. uh, to our area and our market. Um, And I think some of those national averages are really just looking at like venues, food and beverage and like entertainment. Like they're not. It's so different with you just, um, you know, hit the nail on the head there. It's so different with area. Um, you know, you and I both are Richmond based, but we both serve the, both DC and Charlottesville markets um, and that Northern Virginia area I'm grouping in with DC yeah. and, you know, it changes so drastically um, for each of those yeah. regions. Yeah. And I'm, I guarantee you that the, you know, average wedding cost for, you know, a couple in the United States, it's not including, you know, the shuttle for the wedding party, the hair and makeup costs, the, you know, extra hours fee for having the DJ, you know, stay five hours rather than four hours. Like there's just so much that's not included in that number. And I think if you have a planner lay it all out for you ahead of time, like you'll just, it'll just make more sense. And you know what you're getting yourself into. Like, wouldn't you rather know that you're going to spend more than you thought you would in the beginning rather than have a realization halfway through the process that yep. the numbers you added up were wrong. Like at least in the beginning, you can strategize and, and figure out like, well, maybe we need to think about a different venue or maybe we need to invite less people. But once you're in it and you've already, you know, sent out, save the dates and you have a venue, like there's no turning back. Yeah. Yep. There's only so much you can do then. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not trying to like instill fear in anyone. It's just, we've just done this no, so many no, times. We're all just talking from realis- realistically and from experience. Yeah. And I think I just like, I have compassion when I talk to people. Cause I just, I don't want anyone to be in that situation mm-hmm. again. Like it's supposed to be such a happy and fun time. And I feel like a lot of couples kind of hit this point where they're like, we're spending too much or this isn't fun anymore. And it shouldn't be that way. Like it just shouldn't it's such a fun time. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you you mentioned helping with decisions there on cost, but I think it's also just like the timeline of everything too, and helping people make any of those decisions. I always say like the hardest part for planning the wedding for me was anytime I had to make a list with people's names on it, you know, whether that's your bridal Mm -hmm. party or your guests and seating chart. uh, I mean, if I didn't have somebody telling me like, okay, we have to make these decisions by these dates, you know, I would get destroyed by procrastination for the, these <laughs> at least decisions. he's honest <laughs> um yeah so like you don't know you don't know so anyway it's not just maybe the, like the cost decisions i think is at the front of mind you know people are the money is like a big concern but it's not even just that it's these decisions about it's the emotional the guest decisions list, too. Yeah, and, yeah and just having a, a neutral person to help you make those decisions and to timeline those decisions for when you need to make them so you know what you're doing as and when the day gets closer i mean um, yeah. And a lot of our couples, I swear, they ask this question over and over again. They're like, what do other couples do? And I think like being able to answer that question, like with a true fact is helpful because the challenge and the stress and the emotion or whatever it is, like they're not alone in it. Like everyone goes through those feelings during the planning process. And to be able to hear like, yeah, like, you know, it's a normal way to feel. And this is how a lot of people have, have tackled that is a, I think just nice to hear too that that there is a solution and they're not the only ones. It's really um it. I just smiled when I heard you say the question that you get a lot is well what do other couples do because like one of course you get asked that question but we get asked that all the time too as photographers like um you know like we're in a situation on a wedding day you know and um 
they don't know like where they where we might do like portraits next and they'll be like well what would other couples do and I remember in like our first year or two as a photographer struggling with those decisions being like oh oh gosh um where should we go what should, what should we do next and now that we're like you know year five 100 weddings under our belts when brides ask me you know well what would what do your other couples do I'm like well I would say 80% of our couples would find you know, here where we can go. And then, and they just immediately trust that because I can speak from so many years of experience of what I've had like a plethora of different brides too. So it does really help having that background. Yeah. It's like with, with experience comes trust, which is nice. Yes. And eventually also like after working um, at a lot of weddings, you do get the same situations that seem to arise, um, consistently. So you learn how to move past those. For instance, I'd say something that, you know, used to be more of like nerve wracking for us was, um, if getting ready ran a little late in the morning, um, and we were pressed for time for portraits later on, that would cause a little bit of stress. But, um, I have been in that situation now. So, so many times that I feel like I know exactly how to catch back up on time. I know how to like pose quicker and keep the day moving. I know how to keep things on time from the beginning so that that doesn't happen now. Um, and just different kind of ways around it so that we can save time later on portrait time. So, um, it does like help having someone who's been there before to walk you through it too, whether that's a planner or your other vendors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you, you mentioned like not wanting couples to feel like they're in this alone, you know, they're asking about what other couples would do and that's part of gets back to why we thought we wanted to start this podcast in the first place was to give people a place to go for information like that and i think a lot of the information we've kind of gone over in this call will sort of help answer questions um and if if they still have questions you know that now they know where to go for help right like yeah yeah. do you have any tips for how people can like find or or hire a wedding planner I know that's kind of hard because you can really only speak to you know yourself and your business but I guess as much as you can speak in general do you have any tips for people looking at hiring a wedding planner yeah I mean I absolutely do (laughs) you're like let's let's go let let me get started yeah um I think it's really just doing your homework and narrowing it down to a few options to choose from and I mean, that's what we do on our end when we're looking to to narrow down options for a client. And it's, I think you want to, you want to find someone first and foremost, who's experienced. Um, and I think experience just shows that when you're on their website, there are lots of examples of, you know, weddings and that there's, you know, a diverse set of, of weddings that go back a good amount of time and different couples at different venues that different photography styles that you're seeing. Like, I think it just shows a well-rounded planner when you've got, you know, a little bit of everything and everyone included. Um, That's good. I wouldn't have thought about that before, but I like that. Yeah. I mean, I think cause some planners, you know, they, they get in at like one or two venues and they know that those venues really well. And that can be great if your wedding's at one of those venues, but I think, you know, you want someone who's got both depth and breadth of experience Um to just be able to tackle anything that is going to happen for your wedding during planning or on the wedding day. So I think digging into like their, their photos and their experience a little bit, um, reviews, of course. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always like Google reviews because I feel like those are the most, um, like true. Like I don't, I've heard before that on some of the paid platforms, vendors can have like bad reviews taken down. Um, but it's always good to, I believe, to read. I don't know how to do that, but I believe you. 
no, I've, I've heard that before. Um, but I, I like Google. Yeah, um, sure. uh, reviews are always great. And then I think just not reaching out to too many, like just trust your yeah. gut, find like two, three max that you feel like you connect with and have some phone calls and then just trust your gut. I think and- that's a great tip for finding a wedding planner, but also just in general, you know, like it's, a, you don't need to overwhelm yourself. There are a lot of options out there, but you know, it's, I don't know. It made me think of like Thanksgiving, you know, when you take one of everything and your plate's like overly full and it just, you know, looks like a lot. And it's like, you know, you can just start with turkey and mashed potatoes. That's totally okay. You don't have to put everything on your plate at once, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's too hard. (laughs) Teach their own, Wes. You can do that on Thanksgiving. (laughs) I know. And I say that too. I would totally want to, like when I was planning my own wedding forever ago, you know, it's, it's hard to not want to know all the options and reach out to all the things so that you can say that you made the best decision, but really just like a good solid decision that's based on some research that you feel good about is all you need. It just like, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. No. So, um, this was great chatting with you. This, I feel like this was like such good advice and, um, I guess selfishly, I think the best part was that you cleared up a lot for me because it's funny. We've worked with you so many times on weddings before, but I didn't even know some of this about the level of service and the difference of services that you guys provide to some of our couples even. So this will, uh, yeah, selfishly help us and help other people. (laughs) And if you ever want to do something on budgets, you let me know. I've I've, I've got got budgets down pat. So that's my personal finances we're talking about, right? <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I'll be your personal financial advisor. Yeah. Well, um, what? we just kind of like to end all of these um on a fun high note. Um, so we're gonna do a little rapid fire questions, and it's just supposed to be whatever first pops into your head. Okay. So we're gonna ask you three rapid fire questions. Ready? Okay. Okay. Um, ready, set, go. If you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh, South Africa. Yes. That's been <laughs> super high on my list too. I really want to do a safari. Yeah. I think it's just cause I don't know much about that area at all. And I think when now I've had kids and I don't get to travel as much as I used to, but I like to go somewhere where I don't really know much about what I'm going to see and just like absorb it all and like figure it out. And the South African accent's pretty cute. I mean, I don't hate that. Yeah. Don't hate totally. it. All right. Rapid fire question number dose. Um, what is your current favorite wedding trend right now? Ooh. I know it's a really hard one. I mean, I think colors making a comeback, yep. which just makes me so happy. I mean, there's something amazing about a timeless classic white wedding with, you know, greenery and just very natural. And we've just, we're kind of coming out of that trend, but a lot of the couples we've been talking to lately are like, we need all the color. And it's, it's so refreshing. It does seem so, like yes, bright colors are going to be trending soon. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like muted and pastel shades were really um, trending for a while. Um, that was like what we did at our wedding, but I have seen more. Yeah. Like fuchsias and oranges and jade greens. And I'm like, this is fun. Yeah. And like, not just going with like one color or two colors, but like all the color, like, the colors in the linens with the, all the colors in the flowers and, you know, bridesmaids dresses that are really vibrant and just, mm-hmm. just being 
colorful. Yeah, I'm so excited. Ooh, I like that too. Okay, it's a good one. All right. Um, <laughs> final rapid fire. Um, if you had just one tip that you could give a couple getting married, what would it be? Doesn't have to be wedding like planner head space specific. What's your one tip? Trust your gut. Like just it's about you. It's about you guys as a couple and just trust your gut. Don't make anything harder than it needs to be. That's awesome. All right. Well, Kate, thank you so much. Um, thank you. Very exciting. I think we got a lot of good information. Yeah, this was really fun. Okay. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. I if, appreciate it. If people are interested in uh, your wedding planning services, uh, how, how can they find you? Uh, they can find us on Instagram at Glint Events. Uh, you can always email me. It's Kate at GlintEvents.com. Great. Perfect. Um, we'll link that too. So um, great to have you on and hopefully we'll, we'll be working with you soon, Kate. Sounds good. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Kate. So that's it guys. Um, I want to extend a big thank you to Kate from Glenn events for coming on as our first interview, our Guinea pig. Yes. Round of applause to Kate. Well, it's just me, but <laughs> I <can clap> <laughs> oh, there we go. That's a yeah, full round, <laughs> full round. Um, yeah. Okay. So, um, if you guys like what you heard, um, you know, we're going to be putting out more of these podcasts and, uh, uh, keep up with us on, on iTunes and wherever, uh, podcasts are posted. Yeah. We want to know, um, what tips helped you with wedding planning. And if you would like to be featured, come on and share your story. You can find us at I do McGrew on Instagram. Um, or you can go to I do and we have a little inquiry contact page you can fill out and we'll, email you back and have you on yeah yeah and you don't have to be a wedding professional we want to get um real couples on here too to, to do more storytelling and hear about things decisions you made or tips you got uh leading up to your wedding that that helped you have an awesome wedding yeah okay guys well that's it for today uh thank you so much i'm wes and i'm brie bye bye